This program contains adult content. Is there a God? A big atheist. Really? What, am I an idiot? Come on. That yes, it would be nice if you could throw your sins and your responsibilities on someone else. But it's not true. It looks like far left lunacy. I don't believe that it's true that religion is moral or ethical. You don't need to follow anybody! It's not human intelligence! If someone doesn't value logical consistency, what logical argument are you going to give them that will demonstrate that they should? It's all there, black and white, clear as crystal. You get nothing. You lose. Good day, sir. (laughs) Hello and welcome to the Godless Revolution. This is episode 308. I'm Dan Ellis. It is Sunday, November 8th. After the election has finally been called in favor of Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. and Kamala Harris as his VP. How you doing, Ryan? Not according to tr- Yeah, I'm doing good, but not according to Trump. <laughs> He's such a whiny little turd. Yeah. The most aggrieved president ever. Everybody hates me. Everybody's so mean to me. Maybe it's because you're a fucking moron and asshole. Like, who's going to be nice to a moron and asshole other than the people who are afraid of him and the power that he wields? I mean, I love the fact that no one's defending him. I'm in the party right now. Like, he held that power. Oh, there are are still a few people who are defending him. I watched... um, watched almost Sunday programs this morning and Christy Nome was on one of them and she's wow. Just a horrible, awful person. She's, she's every bit as bad as Donald Trump. She's Trump in a skirt. She's so fucking terrible. I hope that the good citizens of South Dakota vote her out at the very next opportunity they have available to them because she's awful a terrible, terrible person. But like, I haven't heard the big names come out like a McConnell or a Cruz or any of those guys come out in defense of Trump saying, yeah, he's won. Yeah. yeah we're with them on this, they're, but they're, they're yeah, taking but they're, approach like, Hey, yeah. When, once it's uh, done, it's done. Kind of like, yeah, he'll do his legal fight, but they don't seem, yeah, they know he's not going to win the legal fight. Oh yeah. Well, well, and that's just, it is. It's this mealy mouth, weak ass cowardly fucking response from all of these whipped dogs who are so terrified of their own fucking base and the power that Trump wields over these credulous dipshits that has stopped them from coming out of the woodwork and finally facing the reality of Trump losing the election, right? They're not, they're not coming out necessarily in defense of Trump though. Some of a few of them have more than that. It's just, they're not doing anything. They're just saying, yeah, oh, that, well, we need to count all of the legal ballots. Yeah, that, I guess that's a more correct. They're just, yeah, they're just standing at the sidelines. They're not jumping out and getting in the game. Yeah. And they, I mean, they're, they're basically showing their ass as cowards because they're so terrified of this president, even after he has definitely lost the election. Oh, yeah. They're terrified of the ignorant base of dipshits that they've built up and have called part of their base because they're afraid because they know that they're ignorant fucking dipshits who will turn on them yeah. 
on on a dime if they don't 100% agree with Donald Trump. So they have to be very, very careful and tread really lightly for this dangerous bunch of fucking ignorant dumb fucks. Yeah. And most of his legal cases I'm hearing about are taking place in Pennsylvania and Michigan so far. I haven't heard a whole lot about Arizona and Nevada, but they're pretty frivolous. Oh, yeah. They're, they, they have not. Well, I was going to say they haven't been successful on any of their cases, which isn't entirely true. Uh, I, I have heard of one case where they were successful. And that was in moving uh, yeah, election, moving them 10 feet closer, yeah, yeah, moving the moving election people closer than they were. I think it was only like five feet. It was like they were like 20 feet away and they got to be like 15 feet away. Uh, well, I think initially it was 15 and they moved it to six. Whereas, six yeah, but it's, if memory serves it's like, really? <laughs> but what he wants when I when, when he's saying they're not getting to look at the ballots like he literally wants someone over the shoulder of every single person opening the ballots to inspect every single ballot mm-hmm. like that's the only way he'd be happy well and all of that is just in an effort to disenfranchise the will of the people to disenfranchise tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of voters and their say in the matter after they've already worked to reduce the number of polling places, to reduce the number of ballot drop boxes, to re- to make it more difficult for people to become registered to vote, to gerrymander districts, to do everything they fucking can to deny people their right to vote for elected leadership. Yeah. And now they're complaining yeah. and trying to do it even more. Yeah. One of his issues with Pennsylvania was people didn't have to request their ballots, but he doesn't have an issue of that in here in Utah. Yeah, you've got the Republican Party whining and crying about wanting to count only the legal ballots after they've tried to disqualify so many of those ballots and have been largely successful in doing so. It's really frustrating. Uh, I think Kevin Cruz um, encapsulated this perfectly in a tweet that he sent uh, on November 6th. It says, imagine being the party that engaged in various forms of voter suppression for years Purging voter rolls, closing polling sites, restricting early voting, even sabotaging the U.S. mail, but then still yeah. losing and having the nerve to complain that the other party somehow cheated. Yeah. It's just it's it's baffling and maddening to me that the Republican Party has has gone this far, has slid this far into authoritarianism just in an effort to maintain the power that they have. Now they can see the writing on the wall that the world is passing us. The world is progressing past this awful divisive rhetoric that we've seen from the Republican party for decades now. And they're a bunch of afraid old white men who think that they're no longer going to be in power and are terrified of that prospect. And I think they should be, but it's not as if anybody's going to go and hunt them down. We're going to make life better for everybody that they have fucked up for so long. And it's telling, it's telling about their character that they are terrified of that, that they are terrified of lives improving for people who have been much less fortunate than they have. And also, because you, there was a few areas where Republicans held a lot of seats. They held, all, they held all their seats, I mean, when it comes down to back and forth on it, and they did gain a few, where in those same areas, Trump lost. Mm-hmm. That means there were people that weren't voting straight party tickets. They intentionally went in and were like, 
yes, I'm going to vote for all these Republicans except this one. Well, and that's just it, right? In a lot of these elections, we haven't seen a repudiation of the GOP's policies necessarily. We've seen a repudiation of the person who was the spokesperson for those policies. So it's not as if they don't agree with the policies. They disagreed with how loud and how and how disastrously chaotic those shitty ideas were being broadcast to the public. They still think that. The things Donald Trump was were, was was doing and has done and will continue to do until he's removed from office in January were good, were a net good as far as his policy positions. They just didn't like the garish, outlandish, ridiculously loud broadcasting of those policies to where everybody could see how fucking terrible they are. They still yeah. believe in those policies. They just don't like them being broadcast so loud. And that's very depressing. Yeah. I, it's it uh, I, I mean I was I was typing at the same time it appears that there is a fire in my aunt and uncle's backyard. Oh no. <laughs> so I was just asking my mom like, "Hey, where did they take that picture from because there's a large fire?" And my mom said, "Well, they took it from their house from their backyard across their property. So yeah, their property's on fire right now." <laughs> oh jeez. So just like Yeah. Have, have they got a large swath of land? Yeah, they got a big piece of land, but also in the photo my mom sent, it appears that there's a lot of green. Mm. Like it looks like a farmer's field that caught fire. And then they got a little pond in their backyard, but it's got a lot of green between the pond, between their house and the actual fire. But yeah, it's a, looks like it's burning pretty good. Like good enough to dry out the green and spread farther or that the green would probably stop. Hopefully not. Yeah. I, I just, I just sent you a copy of that photo. Or it should be there to send. Yeah, it looks like a pretty good fire. <laughs> Sorry, I was distracted for a second there. <laughs> oh, no, you're okay. I was just like, oh, shit, did, the, did something happen to the Skype? Was it disc? Oh, Jesus. Yeah, that's a... Uh that's that's a bit of a concern. Well, there's yeah, there's the barrier of green and the barrier of water there. Hopefully, yeah, that's what I was asking my mom. I said, is is their house on the other side of that pond, like where the fire's at, or they take the photo from their house? My mom's like, oh, it's, the photo was taken in the backyard from their house. I'm like, okay, so it appears like they've got enough defensible positions around the house. The house should be okay. Yeah, that's just like a wall of fire and smoke, man. Yeah, that's just you know a grass fire, like. It, it's all across the frame of that photo. Yeah, it looks like that farmer's field uh, caught fire, and he hadn't removed all the stuff out of it yet. Uh, he, ha- he, yeah. hadn't, he hadn't raked the forest around. Yeah, he, he, had, he had not raked the forest floor yet. <laughs> God damn him and not raking the floor. <laughs> uh, I, 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 I just I can't tell you how happy I am with the majority of the results of, of the election though. Like it was, it was interesting for me to see the celebrations that broke out, not only here in the United States, but across the globe. Yeah. In Paris and London, uh, other world leaders being like, congratulations, president elect Biden. Yeah. They had fireworks in London. They were ringing bells in France and in Canada and in Berlin, in India, in China, Japan, Italy, Sweden, Switzerland, Australia, the UK. The rest of the world is acting as if we have just deposed an authorian dictator. It's like it's it's like like, World War Two ended and we're we've gotten rid of Hitler. Yeah. (laughs) Everyone's celebrating the end of a battle. Yeah. 
it's it's amazing to me. It's it's like and and then people here have just been such a ball of emotions. It's it's like I was talking to Tracy about it last night, and she said, you know, it's it's basically like we've been in an abusive relationship for the last four years that the rest of the world could see was an abusive relationship. And we ourselves believed it was an abusive relationship, but half of our family were telling us, no, it's just fine. And in fact, this person is good for you. And now we're getting validation from the rest of the world that we have not been crazy this whole time, that the gaslighting that we've experienced for the last four years was just that, that we've been gaslit for four years. And that's where like, like the way Trump has been speaking about stuff is just funny. I have the most amount of votes for any Republican ever. Yeah, you still are losing by four million, buddy. We 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 took so many seats from the Democrats. Well, we took two and you took four. So yeah, you took you got two, but there's still runoff elections. So your buddies can still fucking get voted out, and we can still hold a majority. So you uh-huh. didn't quite like blow it out of the water. Neither side blew anything out of the water. No, no, be honest. No, we we really didn't. I mean. I guess, sure, you could say that it wasn't a total blowout, but to unseat a first in, term yeah, incumbent, to, yeah, to unseat an incumbent, very popular with his base president, yeah. is is something that is very, very rarely ever done. I think Trump is Bush senior. Yeah, I, th- I think Trump is the first president that this has happened to since the nineties. Yeah, Bush Bush Senior was the last one to be a one-term president. Yeah, so you know we're talking about four or whatever. Yeah, we're talking about more than a quarter century of this not happening, and Trump was just such an awful representative for the GOP's shitty ideas that even they couldn't stomach them being ex- exposed as nakedly to the population at large. Right? They. Yeah. They realized, oh shit, this guy's saying the quiet parts out loud, and that's going to be damaging for the party. Yeah. Not that the I policies mean, themselves have been damaging, it's that everybody's learning about how damaging they are because this loudmouth buffoon is tweeting about it all the fucking time. And also, like, they're, I guess, subvert reasoning behind these policies. Like, because you can cook, sugarcoat anything and make it sound like, oh, that sounds like a good idea. But then you find out, oh, you're doing that. Because of oh, that's a piece. You're a piece of shit. <laughs> you're a fucking racist piece of shit. Uh huh. Yeah, it's been keep, it's been delightful to I, see how happy everybody is, though. Yeah, yeah. I saw. I was watching some like the live stream video stuff, and I was hoping last night that he wasn't able to sleep in the White House. Although, uh, that street is pretty. I mean, it's a pretty good distance from the White House, and the White House is probably pretty well insulated, mm-hmm. bulletproof. Mm-hmm. Uh, that he couldn't hear the crowds outside. I really hope he could. I'm guessing that um, he could. They, I mean, it's it's a good distance away, but well, I mean, they were loud. Yeah, we've heard reports in the past of you know when people would when large crowds would gather outside the White House that you could hear it from inside the White House. So yeah, you probably slept in the bunker. <laughs> but there was there was one one part of it that I was kind of watching it like live stream of it and I was like oh that's awesome right there they had a, a circle formed of guys playing drum like the hand like the bongo type drums and a little kid jumped in the middle of the circle 
and he's having a dance off with everyone around him. <laughs> I'm like, you guys expected us to burn and loot? No. We celebrated with dance parties. Yeah. The, the we celebrated getting rid of this monster that's been occupying yeah. the White House for the last four years. And I think that's and a good thing. Yeah, and it's Republicans that are calling to take up arms if it doesn't go their way. Mm-hmm. To uh you know rectify it with ammo. Oh, did you see the, the two people with blue lives matter flags draped over their shoulders dancing to rage against the machine? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was like, you realize <laughs> that song is an anti police song. <laughs> yeah, I did see like, that. I, I also yeah, like th- that song is in the subtlest way saying fuck the police. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I thought that was very funny. I also thought it was very funny. Uh, I saw a report of a Facebook group that was opened up that initially was started with the, with the group name of something like stop the steal or something like that. And yeah, then I, I guess that's taken off. I, I, they're actually doing stop the steal protest. Oh yeah. Felt the wrong way. Yeah. Well, this was, this was a group that was, set up initially as a stop the steal group, but was really just in order to troll all of the right wingers who would join it because they later changed the name. And I, God, I wish I could remember exactly what the name was or that I had it here in front of me, but they changed the name to something like, uh, communists, socialists, and, uh, uh, homosexuals for Joe Biden or something like that. Like it was just, it was fucking hilarious that all of these, all of these trolls got, or all of these right wingers got trolled so badly because, you know, they, of course, when they changed the name of the group that is broadcast to everybody who's in the group that, you know, they receive a notification, Hey, the group that you are in stop the steal has changed its name to whatever. And the administrators who had set it up to troll these right wingers, posted in the group. Oh yeah. Sorry. We had to change the name of the group because you know how the left media is constantly trying to shut us down. So this oh. is to try to help us fly under the radar. <laughs> <laughs> and they probably fucking fell for oh, it. Oh yeah. Yeah. There were, there were still a ton of people in it. Oh, I just thought it was uh. very funny. We have a bunch more to cover about the election and talk about what happens next and what we need to what we need to do next, what to expect next, what we need to do next. And we'll do all of that after this little break. Hello, I'm Lloyd Evans. I'm a former Jehovah's Witness. I'm the author of The Reluctant Apostate and senior editor of JWSurvey.org. And you are listening to The Godless Revolution. If I believe that I was saved because once a baby boy was born and before mutilated, um, uh, uh, had a, was made the extraordinary discovery that he'd escaped the female birth canal. His mother was a virgin, or at least her birth canal was only one way. Uh, that thus I was... A, a sorry thing, by the way, religion's distaste for these regions, don't you find? <laughs> and something to put you on your guard. Suppose I thought, okay, now I know that. That must prove his teachings are true, which it doesn't seem to me that they do, but suppose I did and I'm going to be saved by it, I think that was a wonderful secret. It would make me happy. It should make me happy. It doesn't make people happy. They can't be happy till I believe it too. My children must be taught this stuff. No, sir, no ma'am, no day, no way, no shape, no form. You keep your illusion private. 
Thank you to everybody who has rated the show on iTunes and Stitcher and are following us on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. And to all our Patreon patrons, you make the show possible. We talked during the uh, opening segment about how the Republican response to Donald Trump's making a mockery of our electoral process uh, as being mealy-mouthed and weak and cowardly. And I think think nothing more perfectly encapsulates that than an interview I saw Mitt Romney on uh, during uh, an interview with Jake Tapper this morning on CNN State of the Union. This is pretty good. Uh, I'm going to play this little clip for you. Yeah. And President Trump's out there saying that he won the election. It's not just a question of, oh, we have questions about this place or that place. And we should note Republican election lawyer Ben Ginsburg, uh, who's a CNN commentator, he, he's looked into these complaints about voter fraud uh, and the like, and he doesn't see any of these complaints as having merit. Election officials in Philadelphia, Republican election officials, uh, and throughout the country say this was a clean election. Does it concern you at all that President Trump and his team are, are out there saying that he won and, and lying about the integrity of the election with wild allegations? And Romney's response here is is fucking gold, but we'll talk about why it's also cowardly. Uh, you're not going to change the nature of President Trump in these uh, last uh, days, apparently, of, of his presidency. Uh, he is who he is, uh, and uh, he has a relatively relaxed relationship with the truth. <laughs> I mean, he did say it in the nicest way possible. He has a he relatively Mormon. relaxed relationship with the truth. <laughs> I heard that this morning and just fucking giggled my uh, ass off for about 10 minutes, man. A relatively relaxed relationship with the truth. I was giggling here just knowing what you were going to play. <laughs> I mean, it's funny. Like, it's the, yeah. that turn of phrase is fucking hilarious. Kudos to Romney for coming up with that one. But also, fuck you for being such a weak-ass coward and being afraid of really honestly addressing the problems in your own party, let alone the monster at the helm right now. You know, Jake Tapper set him up perfectly to say, no, Donald Trump is lying about this. I mean, Mitt Romney in what he did there, it was funny, right? Like oh, yeah. I said, props, it was funny. props to him for being funny, for, for having a sense of humor, because so few Republicans seem to have one these days. What is disturbing about it is that he cannot as we mentioned before because of their dumb fuck base he cannot just come out and directly say no the president is absolutely wrong he has lost the election joe biden has won our process of elections has worked perfectly we are a strong democracy this lends credence to trump's unsupported claims of fraud by not directly saying that no he's absolutely wrong now, I, I will say, I think Romney's going to lose his next election. Oh, I'm sure he will because, because Utah has turned because into... Because he has lost his base. Yeah, Utah has turned into Trumpistan. And I actually had a conversation with uh, one of the guys at work where he's like, well, I don't really like Romney anymore. I was like, why don't you like Romney? Well, because he doesn't always vote the way I want. He's like, oh, you don't like Romney because he doesn't always vote Republican. 
yet you scream at other people for not wanting to reach across the aisle and make compromise. Yet that's exactly what Romney did. Dude, and Romney still votes Republican like 99% of the time. It's not that he's not still voting Republican. It's that he's not marching in lockstep with fucking Trump. He's he's not in complete denial of reality. That's, I, I basically I'm like, you don't like the fact that Romney isn't sucking their dick. Right. Yeah, that's exactly it. It's that it's that Romney isn't cozying up to the president hard enough. <laughs> yeah. And Be- because I'm he's like, still voting with Trump, he's still working to confirm judges. He's still seating yeah. Supreme Court justices, you know, while we're going through an election to find out who's going to be the next president of the United States. Romney is still being a shitty, fucking duplicitous, hypocritical Republican. He's just yeah. not sucking Trump's dick hard enough. He 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 politely bashes Trump. That's the way to say it. I mean, it's not a hardcore. Ba- I mean, that was pretty good. That was that was a good a good takedown. Yeah. But he also should have said, "Yes, Trump should concede." Yeah, which he which he should do. I mean, I think the part about it that I find most disturbing is that the Republican Party for the longest time now has touted themselves as being the standard bearers of what is a what is a true and faithful american right what it means to mm-hmm. really be an american they're they're the they're the patriotic party in this in this nation right all yeah. the while Supposed- working to undermine our democratic institutions and norms yeah like they're they're actively working to destroy the things they're saying uh- make this country great uh-uh, Dan. We just want people to vote like they did in 1776. <laughs> White man who owned land. That's <laughs> it. The framers of this country knew what was going on. They was always going to be the best people to represent us. Boy, how did I tell you what? Uh, it's a little slim pickings That's kind of what it feels like. Yeah. It's like, oh, no, we're following the Constitution. As it was interpreted in the 1700s. <laughs> because the world has not changed at all in the last oh. 240 some odd years. And that's like one thing with a couple of his, with Obama, or not Obama, uh, Trump's Supreme Court pick. I'm like, I don't like seeing people sitting on a federal court that believes the Constitution is unchanging. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be treated, in my opinion, and a lot of other scholars' opinions, as a living document. Right. That's why we can make amendments to it. Yes. But people that believe as like an originalist, like, no, we should keep this document interpreted the same way they meant it in 17, well, 1786 when they wrote it. And like, no, no, they didn't. That's not the way. Which is a, which is they wanted it. Yeah, which is a completely ridiculous argument. They intentionally allowed that they intentionally designed a vehicle for change, right? That this document yeah. could change because they knew that they didn't know everything. They couldn't foresee the yeah. future and how things may change on you know on throughout the rest of the world, let alone here at home, how technology may advance. They they knew that they couldn't account for everything that would happen in the future, and so they deliberately yeah. designed the Constitution to be changeable. Yeah, it's not the Bible. <laughs> yeah, we're not just going to have to rely on different linguistic translations 
of the Bible or, or interpretations, we can, we can change it. We can look at the things that are going on in our modern times and decide that those laws need to be modified. We do that all the fucking yeah. time at local and state levels, right? We're constantly yeah. writing new laws and updating old laws and removing oh. old laws that no longer, no longer apply. It's like an amendment is an amendment for a reason because something was amended. Right. Yeah. They, it, yeah, the, the whole originalist argument is, is an utterly failed argument. I don't understand why they keep trying to use it. It's probably because not enough people have stood up and said, no, that's wrong. And here's why. There should be room for change. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I did. I wanted to bring this up real quick. It was fresh in my mind. Sure. Uh, Salt Lake Tribune put out an article talking about how uh, Biden's Catholic and he's the second Catholic we've ever elected. uh, If I'm correct, uh, Kennedy was the first Catholic. Mm -hmm. Which was a huge to do at the time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Otherwise, normally it's a Protestant. Uh Uh, We also have the first Jewish. uh, He might be the first Jewish uh, second husband. Uh huh. That's weird to say. It shouldn't be. Second, but second gentleman, time. I believe, is is. Is that what they? That's that. That the term they're going with? I think so. I don't know because it's the first. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's the first second. It's the first time gentleman. it's happened. <laughs> so they're gonna have to iron all that gotta out. Gotta learn these things. <laughs> uh, but someone had posted saying, "Well, he's not a good Catholic because he doesn't oppose abortion." Oh, wait, is there somewhere written in the Constitution what we're supposed to call them? Because that's, you know, apparently what we need to refer back to. Well, they didn't think (laughs) women would have any power whatsoever back then. Oh, right, 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 right. Especially a woman of color. Yeah, let alone a woman of color or her Jew husband. Yeah. (laughs) But uh, so the person made that comment saying, you know, he can't be a good Catholic if he supports abortion. And I just wrote in there and I said, we don't live in a theocracy. He can believe abortion is bad, but his job is not to force his religious beliefs on everyone else in the country. And I just told him, said the, the choice to or need to have an abortion is between the woman, her partner and her doctor, not the fucking government. Uh, the guy didn't respond. I got a lot of likes on that one, but the guy didn't respond back to that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, it's, it's kind of funny how but, when, you, when you expose the, how terrible, how wrong, how moronic a lot of their arguments are, rather than acknowledge it, they just slink away, right? Yeah, and I, and I hate that, that one especially. Well, he's a Catholic, but he votes this way. It's like, yeah, because he can have a religious conviction of his own that he doesn't force on everyone else. Mm-hmm. And that is how this is supposed to work. He's yeah. not supposed to force his religious views on the rest of the country. Yeah. We, the, not the, the way our constitution works. Yeah. The framers that you would like to suck off at any chance you, you would possibly be presented with deliberately made it so that this is a secular nation. We have a secular form of government because yeah, as much as they hate to hear that too. Yeah. Because, you know, knowing that they couldn't see into the future, they didn't know how religion may change, how the majority religious view may change in the future. And they understood that in order to make things a little less divisive, they needed to ensure that religion wasn't enshrined in the constitution as a thing that should be, that our government should be based on. 
But it also took until Kennedy to have someone who wasn't a Protestant or a Baptist become president. Mm-hmm. I think Baptists are still Protestants. Are they? Yeah. Or are they just like just a subset? But yeah, they fight with each other. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. Well, yeah, it's because you know their God is more perfect than Godly. the other Christian God or or that other Christian God. That other Christian God is not the right Christian God. But, I mean, that just goes to show how much the religious influence has in politics. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I, neither of us will probably live to see the day when we have a president that says, I'm an atheist. It probably won't happen for president. For president. Yeah, God, you would hope that sometime within the next 50 years, we would have somebody who's able to say that. I mean, Bernie Sanders referred to himself as a humanist, which is the closest anybody has come so far, I believe. Anybody that's been running for president anyway. Because he was still Jewish, wasn't he? With a real shot. Well, he's, yeah, I mean, he's culturally Jewish, like not a practicing Right. Yeah. Culturally and ethnically Um, Jewish. Yeah. Yes. Uh, but they would have they would have focused on that, and that would have been the right would have been like, well, he's a he's a Jew, Jews will not replace us, you know that chant they'd like to give. Uh huh. Those fucking assholes. <laughs> uh. Yeah. Um, going back a little bit, um, revisiting what we talked about a bit in the first segment. Um, yeah. I was just referring back to my notes here, and what I what I had written out that I covered a little bit or or probably mostly was that aside from spurring those on the left to vote, Trump lost a lot of Republican voters who, despite voting for Biden voted Republican pretty much down the line. Republican voters are still the same backward knuckle dragging assholes. They just don't like that. Trump was exposing the moral rot of their own policy positions. They're still racist, xenophobic, classist, ableist, homophobic, transphobic, ignorant, dumb fucks who, as Obama inadvisably noted, Quote, get bitter, they cling to guns or religion or antipathy to people who aren't like them or anti-immigrant sentiment or anti-trade sentiments as a way to explain their frustrations, which is only part of the quote. And also fuck Hillary Clinton for seizing on that comment during the primary and saying, quote, I was taken aback by the demeaning remarks Senator Obama made about people in small town America. His remarks are elitist and out of touch. And then Clinton campaigners in North Carolina handed out stickers saying, I'm not bitter. And of mm. course, she went on to lose that primary to Barack Obama, who was later, who later won the election and became president of the United States. It's interesting because in 2015, Obama returned to that central theme and said, you go into these small towns in Pennsylvania and, and this was after you know, Pennsylvania had, had lost a lot of their blue collar manufacturing jobs and, and, you know, industry was fucked at that time. Right. The recession. Right. And so he's, he's quoted as saying, you go into these small towns in Pennsylvania and like a lot of small towns in the Midwest, the jobs have gone, have been gone now for 25 years and nothing's replaced them. And they fell through the Clinton administration and the Bush administration and, each successive administration has said that somehow these communities are going to regenerate and they have not. 
and it's not surprising that they get better. They get bitter. They cling to guns or religion or antipathy toward people who aren't like them or anti-immigrant sentiment or anti-trade sentiment as a way to explain their frustrations, which is yeah. the much fuller quote from him. And it, and it makes a lot of sense. I mean, it's the, the people who heard it may not have liked it at the time. And they chose to focus sing, singly on, you know, that they cling to religion and guns rather than look at the entire scope of what he had said. They take it out of context. He was explaining that, you know, it's no wonder that these people are upset because they've seen their livelihoods be decimated, yeah. be, be deconstructed for decades now, and they're losing hope. So where do they turn for hope? And it's that they turn to their religion and they cling to their guns as a means to protect themselves from the world that is changing around them. It wasn't said to demean those people or, or to make fun of them or, or make light of their situation. And so it was bothersome at the time and still now that people seized on that and took it out of context, especially when it was taken out of context by people who are on the same side. But that's kind of the shitty thing about our politics right there. Like even like, you know, you, whoever you're running against, it's picking apart every little word they say, taking it out of context so you can win. Yeah. Yeah. People are much more interested in winning an argument than coming to an understanding of the other person's position and working toward agreement and a mutual consensus on the best way to do things. Right. They're more interested in scoring points online than actually understanding that other person's position and working together to come to an, a more amenable situation uh, solution. Yeah. On that side. Okay. I'm hoping that, I mean, we, we've seen the, a little bit here and there where that's starting to change. It's still, it's still disconcertingly prevalent among those on the left that we seem to eat our own. <laughs> any, any little yeah. disagreement about something and people are disowned or cast aside or, you know, the, they, they just don't seem to understand. Well, maybe we can try to explain our positions a little better, maybe a little more dialogue. And I'm not saying that you need to have dialogue with people who are, racists, homophobes, anything like, no, that's, that's not it. But there's room for nuance and subtlety in a lot of the positions. And you should try to be charitable with your view of what somebody else has said. And if you automatically assume that they're saying the worst, ask them questions to clarify, let them ensure and make clear that they are trying to be monsters or not, rather than just assuming the worst of people. Some people you, but, you you can tell, but <laughs> yeah, I'm like I'm like, but these people are clinging to their guns and yeah. their religion. Yeah, um, I don't know how many posts I've seen on Facebook for people asking if someone has an AR-15 for sale. Yeah. Like, I need to arm myself now. Like, shit's getting real. I need to fucking take up arms uh, against what's going to come next. Or uh, what was it? I had? There's a, oh the um. I can't think of his fucking name right now. The, the Senator Congressman, the military guy that wears the eye patch. Oh, uh, uh, Crenshaw. I was going to say Crenshaw, but I'm like, was that his name? <laughs> um, some of the, like the really conservative guys at work were like, did you hear what Crenshaw said? And I was like, kind of just listening to the conversation. Like he's, he's not a second amendment guy. He said, not everyone should be legally allowed to own a firearm. I was like, yeah, I kind of agree with that. Mm -hmm. Like there's, there's certain people 
that should lose that 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 right, that privilege to owning a firearm because they're not people that should have that in their possession. Well, but, but they're Ryan, also like, well, now we, but like Democrats being a one issue person, that's the one issue with Republicans where it's like, oh, you don't want us, everyone to have as many guns as possible. You lost me. <laughs> you lost me. I don't well, care says, how many gods you pray to now. It says that that right shall not be infringed. No. Mm, we can make changes to that all the time. We've we've already oh, yeah. decided that you can't have thermonuclear weapons. You can't have fully automatic weapons. You can't have hand grenades. You can't have grenade launchers. Yep. yep. You can't have dynamite anymore. Yeah, we, we can make sensible decisions about the destructive nature of the tools we have available to us and, and who may have access to those tools and who may be disallowed access to those tools because of the harm that they may cause others. Yeah. That's not to say and that we're going to take all of your fun little bang, bang toys. We would just like to make sure that I, you can't kill massive amounts of people if you choose to. And I, I don't want to go on a huge tangent here, but when I was having a conversation at work with a buddy, then what I was trying to explain the things I don't like about uh, Trump, I brought up abortion. And mm. one of the points I made was a person having an abortion doesn't affect anyone else's life but their own. He's like, so you're saying I should be able to uh, control what the government says I can and can't do with my body? It's like, yes. Uh-huh. It's like, well, what about wearing a mask? And I was like, well, if you're infected and you're spreading that to others, that's affecting more than just you. Mm-hmm. That's fucking different. Right. Having the right to wear or not wear a mask is completely 100% different than a woman having the right to choose what goes on inside of her own body because it doesn't affect you. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, that's kind of a good point. I hadn't really thought about that. Yeah. Yeah, well, you could have just left the last two words off of your sentence and just leave it at, I hadn't really thought, and it would make thought. just as much sense. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're we're going uh, to talk some more about the election. More importantly, what I would like to talk about is what we need to do now that the election yeah. is over and Biden is president-elect what we need to do to make sure that he's not a one-term president and that he can effectuate the change that all of us would like to see. This is Danielle Moscato, civil rights activist, trans woman, extraordinaire, and public speaker. You are listening to Godless Revolution, and I hope you enjoy the show. Um, I have a moral challenge on this point. Answer me this if you think that morality comes from the supernatural and we require celestial dictatorship permission for it. Name me a moral action committed by a believer or a moral statement or ethical statement uttered by one that could not be made or uttered by an unbeliever. I've asked this in a number of venues and forums now. I'm going to keep on asking it. I've not yet had an answer. If I was to ask anyone in this room, however, could they name a wicked action performed or a vile statement made by someone attributable only to their religious faith, there isn't a single person here who'd have to hesitate for a second in discovering what that was and saying it. If you have questions, comments, concerns, compliments, corrections, criticisms, or concepts for content, contact the show via email at godlessrevolution at gmail.com, by text or voicemail at 330-81-REBEL, or Twitter the twatter at TGR Podcast. Thank you! All right, during the break, I looked up the actual name of that Facebook group that I was talking about earlier in the episode like during the first segment and uh, the, the name 
the the group was changed to. Uh, I I said I couldn't remember exactly what the name was. It was actually Gay Communists for Socialism. <laughs> All the gold that was that was initially top titled "Stop the Steal" and, uh. and was just created to troll the the Republicans who joined it. One of the, one of the commenters in the group posted the comment that says, "What the hell? I didn't join no gay communist group." <laughs> uh, it was very funny. I, I I will post a link to the article about that in the show notes, but uh, we were going to talk about what we need to do now that Joe Biden has won the election. Well, I think the first thing we have to do is get a room at the four seasons. (laughs) No, not that four seasons. (laughs) Apparently you might, you might end up with some pesticides and lawn seed in your room. Oh my God. If you're a complete dumb fuck. As, as just the perfect cap to, to the remarkably idiotic presidency that we've seen under Donald Trump and his most rabid of supporters, Rudolph Giuliani, <laughs> they, they uh, decided to book a press conference at the Four Seasons. Most of our listeners, I'm guessing, would recognize the name Four Seasons uh, as as a high class hotel, <laughs> but yeah. but uh, apparently there's also a Four Seasons landscaping company that the uh, the Trump administration, or at least Rudy Giuliani and whoever he has working for him to set up this press conference, were unaware of because yeah they <laughs> this just this this whole thing they ended. I mean, if they if they intentionally <laughs> intended to be at the Four Scapings Landscaping Company or Four Seasons Landscaping Company, they probably would have let you know they were at the Four Seasons Landscape Company, which is instead, which is a terrific point. They, yeah. Instead, they covered a garage wall, a garage door, <laughs> with Trump signs and framed it in so you can't see the building. <laughs> but to top it off, you have the Four Seasons Hotel Philadelphia at the Comcast Center on Twitter that was probably getting a bunch of phone calls from people being like, hey, we're here at the Four Seasons. Where are they? <laughs> they had a tweet out to clarify. <laughs> President Trump's press conference will not be held at the Four Seasons Hotel Philadelphia. It will be held at Four Seasons Total Landscaping. No relationship to the hotel. <laughs> the, <laughs> the thing the thing about oh. this the thing about this story that I think is just the most delightful or, or is has made me just fucking giggle my ass off about it anytime I think about it is that I thought for sure that it was just going to be you know that they would that they would come forward and say oh yeah we just made a we just made a clerical error right and we we we've, we've actually uh, we, we meant to schedule it at the four seasons and that's where we're going to be. Or that, you know, we meant to schedule it at the four seasons hotel. And unfortunately there was an error. So, you know, we, we, we initially booked it at this place, but we're going to hold it somewhere else. But rather than do any of that, they just, they just pushed ahead with it. Like they're like, Oh, fuck well, it. I guess it's a done deal now. But, but then you do have the tweets from Trump where he tweets, <laughs> 
lawyer's press cro- lawyer's press conference at Four Seasons Philadelphia at 11 a.m. Then seven minutes later, he tweets Four Seasons landscaping. <laughs> then two minutes later, he tweets Big press conference today in Philadelphia at Four Seasons Total Landscaping, 11:30 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> the shit show that happened in those 10 minutes oh, just... if I could have been COVID on the wall <laughs> oh my god and just just it's just like how fitting how fitting an end to this disastrous shit show of fucking presidency the Rudy Giuliani caps it all off at a play, at a at a gardening center next to a place that sells fucking dildos. <laughs> yeah, but I, I can just imagine the guy that shows up there with the signs, the podium, the speakers, and everything else, being like, "We're doing it here, really? Well, if that's where the president wants it, that's where we're going to do it." Oh hey, President, God. by the way, we're at Four Seasons Landscaping. Just to let you know. <laughs> well, my fuck. And so the the other part that probably makes me laugh really hard about it is that I is that I figured that really like with as terrible and inept and incompetent as these people are, there's no way that they'll just keep going on with this and they'll 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 move it right. We'll 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 have them oh. actually confirm that. It was a mistake that they booked it here on accident, but nobody has come out to even admit this obvious fucking mistake because, as you said, had they meant it to be at the landscaping place, they wouldn't have just left it at it will be at the Four Seasons, and they wouldn't have tried to book it at a fucking landscaping place, right? They were obviously trying to and hoping to have booked it at the Four Seasons Hotel. It's just the the, everything about this is fucking comedic. Like I'm, I'm looking at where they're sitting at. You got a fire extinguisher hanging on the wall. You got the DOD placard for the chemicals that are inside the building. You got garden <laughs> hoses laying on the ground. That wasn't intentional to hold it there. That was a fuck up. Oh, it's just fucking hilarious to me. I'm, I'm reading, I'm reading through some of the some of the tweets about this. Uh, one of them, one of them says that you know. Uh, by the time that Four Seasons Hotel decided to publicly announce that Rudy Giuliani had fucked up, had fucked up so bad, and that they weren't actually holding it at the Four Seasons Hotel, uh, this this story that I'm looking at from theinquirer.com says by then, but by then, <laughs> excuse me, many on social media were already delighting in a booking they assumed <laughs> must have been a mistake, and this tweet says. Correction, the press conference that the White House announced would be held at, quote, at the Ritz, will actually take place <laughs> next to the Ritz crackers end cap display in the snack food aisle of the Wawa <laughs> at 7912 Roosevelt Boulevard. Oh. <laughs> oh, it's just so fucking hilarious. This uh, Everything about this is just so awfully funny to me that <laughs> like, I laugh about it every time I think about it. Maybe it's just that I've <laughs> that, you know, with all of the emotions I'm feeling now, they're all just kind of coming out in weird ways, but this yeah. is fucking hilarious to me. The 
the calamity of errors over the last four years is ending up in a parking lot. <laughs> uh, it's just so, so funny. And I wonder, like, I wonder if the people at the Four Seasons, <laughs> the Four Seasons landscape place were like, Rudy Giuliani wants to come here. <laughs> come here? And deliver like, oh. a press conference? I hope they show our sign. We'll get better business. <laughs> Like, how did that whole booking process even play out, right? Like, somebody on Rudy Giuliani's staff called this place, and they were like... The president would like to hold a press conference at your facility? Is that okay with you? Uh, Mr. Noun a verb and 9-11 wants to hold a press conference at your place of business. Is that okay with you guys? And they were just like, uh... I guess, sir. <laughs> um, sir, how much? How much is that reservation going to be? You guys are like, um, well, I, I, fifty bucks. <laughs> Sound good? You good with fifty? I'm good with fifty. Like, how, I, I still am so curious about how that conversation would have played out. <laughs> like the person on the phone who. The campaign would have contacted to to make this booking. Like, how could they? How could they not have? You know, at some point during the conversation, just stopped and said, "You know, this isn't the Four Seasons Hotel, right?" Here, the the the, the icing on the cake would be if Rudy booked it. If Rudy was the one who booked his own press conference. At the landscaping business. And it wasn't an aide. It wasn't uh, an assistant. It was him. And he is just so fucking inept that he didn't know what the fuck he was doing. It's, it's going to be amazing. <laughs> There's so much political corruption. Oh, my God. And incompetence. You can see it all around me. <laughs> As we're standing at the four seasons, don't mind the rest of the name. Oh my god. It was just <laughs> But I do gotta say kudos to Four Seasons Landscaping of Philadelphia to getting you to the number one thing on Google when you Google Four Seasons. Oh yeah, I'm sure that this is, is that this, is an achievement. I'm sure this has been a terrific boon to, to their <laughs> business prospects. Uh <laughs> Oh. oh my god, it was just so fucking funny to me. Oh, holy shit. Um <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> it's good to hear you laugh again. Oh, it's been a while it's been a while since I've laughed <laughs> that hard or that long about anything. And to oh, have it be oh, four years. <laughs> to have it be tied to Donald Trump is just, it's a memory that I will always cherish. <laughs> uh, well, tell me one good thing about Donald Trump. Well, toward the end of his presidency, he fucked up so bad. It made me laugh so hard. I cried. <laughs> oh, sorry, everybody. That was just, it was too much. <laughs> Here, here's this other tweet that I just got to read where it came from Jim Acosta, where Jim Acosta tweeted, Trump advisor tells me the campaign has nothing concrete in terms of voter fraud. Then Andy Lastner tweets, yeah, well, I bet they got concrete at the Four Seasons Total Landscaping. (laughs) 
Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, oh my God. We're leaving them five-star reviews. <laughs> uh, five-star review. When I was losing an election back in 2004, <laughs> I knew exactly where to turn to for a desperate last-minute press conference. Four Seasons Total Landscaping has been the best combination of gardening and Pennsylvania electoral law litigation services. I didn't win the election, but I sure had a great press conference. (laughs) 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 Oh, holy shit, dude. I'm like, I think my my voice is going to go out just because I've been laughing so hard. (laughs) <laughs> and then my nose is all stuffy and my and I have tears all over my face. <laughs> well that's that's a good thing. Oh uh, this that was absolutely delightful. <laughs> um but that will <laughs> that'll pretty much take up all the time that we have for this episode. Um we we did <laughs> During during the break, uh, Ryan and I had a conversation about his job that I just I found fascinating. Yeah. It it was very interesting to me. I learned a lot about how firefighting is done these days, and the things they have to think about that I was completely ignorant of. Like I it just had never occurred to me all the different things that they have to do. And so I'm going to make that our Patreon section for this uh, episode. Yeah. Even well, us firefighters joke about all our job is is putting wet stuff on hot stuff, but it's, <laughs> it's a little more complicated than that. It's a little more. It's a little more than that. <laughs> so I'll make that uh, the Patreon portion of the show. Um, it'll it'll be a from the from the cutting room floor bit of uh, audio from us that was just really cool. It was very interesting. I learned a whole lot. So I thought our listeners would would think that was interesting as well. Um, <laughs> as I said, that will wrap things up for us. I had a lot of fun on this episode this week uh was capped off with just the 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 pressure relief the elation valve yeah the the emotional wave the emotional high that so many people uh were on is is has been just amazing i I slept better yeah. last night than I have for the last four years it was I just the t v off it wasn't on CNN waking up every hour looking at the count. <laughs> when when I woke up this morning, <clears throat> I didn't immediately, you know, roll over to check my phone to for a damage yeah. report. You know, I, I, I wasn't constantly worrying about what awful thing he may have done, what, what awful thing Trump may have done. And I'm sure he'll still do awful things between now oh, yeah. and when he is removed from He's already office. firing people. Yeah, when when his when his term ends. And so there will be some very important work that we need to do going forward. That will be the topic of next week's episode is all of the things that we need to do to ensure that this election isn't a one-off and that we can maintain control of the presidency, hopefully take over the Senate and be able to really make some gains in improving the lives of Everybody, not just here in the United States, but across the globe. Yeah. I mean, <sighs> I'm, I'm hopefully I'm, I know one of the things in the first day, not the first 100, the first day should be getting retracting our removal from the Paris Climate Accord. Oh, yeah. The, the Biden administration or the incoming administration has already announced plans 
uh, along those lines, and they're creating yeah. a list. Uh, yeah, I, of, I know they. I hadn't read them yet. Yeah, they're, they've, they've created a list of things that they will be doing immediately. Uh, the first of which is, uh, you know, rescinding so many of Trump's executive orders. So, yeah, Paris Climate Accord, CDC, all that stuff. The WHO, yeah, all, yeah, tons yeah, not, and tons. yeah, not the CDC though, yeah, the WHO, World Health, World Health Organization. Yeah, tons of tons of very important work. Um, thank you all very much for listening. Uh, we'll be moving into the Patreon portion of the show, or or. Everybody who's a Patreon member will be hearing the Patreon section following the end of our talking right here. If you would like to become a Patreon patron, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash godless revolution, where you can pledge as little as $1 per episode, which really helps us because it helps pay for the bills for hosting and equipment and all that kind of stuff. <clears throat> oh, shit. I'm still trying to recover from, <laughs> from my laughing fit. Sorry, everybody. Um, I, I'm just I'm so happy that the election went as it did and that we can all rest assured that Donald Trump will eventually very soon no longer be president of the United States. Before we go though, I want to make sure that we thank our Patreon supporters. Uh, That would be Alan Firth, Christy Kalbach, Gatheist, Stephen Andrews, two skeptical chaps, Vanessa, don't be a Richard, Ollie Olson, John McCullough, Tiffany Hudson, Sinead Duffy, Utah Outcast, Wesley Aaron, Andrew Butapich, Jeremy Goodson, Let Them Eat Gofefi, Jeff Peterson, Corey Ebert, Megan Mitchell, Rethinker215, Tim Jacobson, Janet Uter, Savita Kuna, Taylor Grin, Purple Dragon, Nico Gonzalez, Chad Pryor, Patty and Selma, Sel- fuck that, <laughs> Patty and Selma Bouvier want you to please support Humanist International and the National Adoption Agency center <laughs> yeah that was, that was that was good you you came through <laughs> I, I i you know what in a pinch i'm good for a lot of things <laughs> yeah oh, thank you very much for listening everybody i hope you have had as much fun with this episode as i did <laughs> uh and that we'll we'll chat at you next next week um until then Please don't crucify staffers who contacted the Four Seasons to set up Rudy Giuliani's press conference. And leave us a review. And if you enjoyed your stay at the Four Seasons Landscaping, leave them a review, too. (laughs) (laughs) Just because Giuliani said it doesn't make it fuck. Oh, we got to talk about Giuliani's. Oh yeah, at the Four Boss. Seasons. <laughs> at the Four Seasons of Lawn Care. <laughs> oh, my fuck. Oh fuck! It's the Honey Badger. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Honey Badger. What the fuck was? Yikes! Oh, also, I I commented on your brother's thing, and he liked my comment. I don't think he got it. He's he's really fucking dumb. <laughs> I just because I wrote in there in the history of the world, two people with the same name have never lived in the same place, and he liked it. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I'm like, you do realize that's being extremely sarcastic, there, don't you? <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs>